It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, man. Anything's possible. Rainy days, jump shot, fade away. It's the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East, and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You could tell them other guys to go and plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales Packard and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jays Millie's everyone and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast with the Rain and Jays. Today it's me, your boy Jay King from The Athletic, joined by Sam Jam Packard, the great formerly of Damn. WEEI. It's been a while since I oh, yeah. hosted this podcast. Corrales has been the nightly podcast host, but he's in Miami tonight in his new post at Mass Live. And so it's me and Jam discussing the Celtics' ugly Ugly loss to the Miami Heat. Yeah, I, I mean, going into the night, I I thought I was reading some of the, the best Celtics reporters out there, and I thought the Celtics found something and were maybe starting to put together something special. But then they put together <laughs> just a crap, crap, what was it, like 18, 19 minutes uh, at the end of the first quarter and second quarter, and uh, – this were pretty much bad the, uh, from offense the entire night. What happened to the ball movement? What happened to the passing? What happened to the assists? It was it was just terrible tonight. Yeah. It's, it's just unexplainable after like five just really strong games. They went back to all the bad habits that hurt them at the beginning of the season. And Miami does a lot of switching. Miami has a lot of versatile guys. They're sort of like the Celtics in that aspect. And I think they just kind of lulled the Celtics into an ISO game. And that that hasn't been their game at all this season. They're actually one of the worst isolation teams, according to the efficiency numbers, in the entire league. So, not great when they do that. Not great. Uh, let's. We're, we're gonna. T- we got to talk about Rob Williams because Rob Williams was fantastic. We got to talk about Marcus Smart doing the kip up because Marcus Smart did a kip up. And Marcus Smart did lots of things tonight. All of them fantastic. Yeah, Marcus Smart was just about the only one who kind of brought it. They were it was it was an ugly, ugly game for the Celtics. Like Al Horford threw some crappy, crappy turnovers in the fourth quarter when they were kind of threatening. Dwayne Wade had his way with oh the Celtics. God. Um he was I mean, he, he had one post move on Gordon Hayward that was like, whoa, that was that was young D Wade. And he knocked down three threes, which is just not part of and has never been part of Dwayne Wade's game. Yeah, the, the Heat had, I believe their previous season high was 15 three-pointers made, and they hit 18. So they hit a lot more three-pointers than usual. But but it was the Celtics offense, I thought, that really got them off to, to the bad start. Like, they hit six of seven threes in the first four or five minutes. They were on a ridiculous run early. 
and then just kind of went to full ISO. And that hasn't been at all what they've done lately. It was. It looked more like they were during the 10 and 10 start, more what they were at their worst early in the season than what they've been lately. And it was. It really was bad. There, there were moments when it was like, what are you guys doing? Jason Tatum settled for a few jumpers. It was like gr- just gross. He, a couple on Hassan Whiteside where he had switches and just settled instead of trying to beat him and create something for his teammates. Uh, Marcus Morris, even though he's been ridiculous all season, kind of had a couple of similar moments. Um, it was certainly the most disjointed the Celtics have looked in a while. Yeah, so it, I'm looking at my notes, and it's five minutes left in the first quarter, 18-17. And they basically scored six points the rest of that quarter. And it kind of coincided that what came in when uh, Tyson Hayward came into the game, and then two minutes later, Jalen and uh, Terry. I mean, the bench was just not good tonight. Like, the the strength of the team in the run was, uh, over that past run where they're doing so well, was getting a lot of bench scoring. And we saw just, like, Hayward do well. Um, Jalen Brown have some nice games, but tonight it just seemed like the bench couldn't do anything. And I don't know, uh, as you mentioned, the Heat do switch a lot and kind of were packing the paint, but the, like they really couldn't do um, anything. And it kind of it just turned into ugly, ugly basketball. Um, and I know, like the, the the classic built-in excuse is like, oh, it's a schedule loss, it's a back-to-back, but it's just it's that doesn't make sense for them to look like this bad and revert this poorly. Um, I think that may be excuse for Al Horford like that. He just did not look. Yeah. He didn't have tonight. it. He didn't, he have didn't it. have it at all. He was a minus 26 according to the box score I'm looking at right now, which is not very good. And, and you know, the best they looked all night was when Robert Williams came in during the third quarter and kind of just gave him a jolt. And Williams hasn't, like his on-off numbers have been bad this year. Nobody's noticed that because everyone just wants to talk about his dunks and and blocks, and a lot of it is in garbage time. So some of it doesn't even matter or make make like his on-off numbers aren't something to look at. Um, but plus fifteen today, and he he was really great. He uh, probably the best he's played is he was active. His hands were everywhere. He uh, he caught a lob from Tatum. He well, just the defense when he came in the game just yeah. seemed like it picked up in intensity, and they were creating a lot of turnovers. Uh, the Celtics went on their own after giving up a twenty-one to three run. They went on their own twenty-one to three run, but it's like you you go on a sixteen zero run, and basically you're still down ten. It's you can't dig yourself in that hole. But I thought Robert Williams definitely gave them uh, a punch, some activity, uh, and it's not like the 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 heat dominated on the inside tonight in terms of uh, going against Horford or Tice. It's just, I don't know. It just felt like there was a lot more energy uh, with the Celtics with um, Robert Williams. And then basically like the, the rest of the starters in the game um, because everyone else, uh, including Al Horford is basically the bench and Al Horford was uh, not very good, but um, I mean, shouts to the time Lord for doing some doing things. He does, he's a nothing on offense. Like if he's not catching a lob, He's just standing out by the perimeter and uh, trying to pass the ball immediately. But he was enough to give that impact on defense. Uh, and and it's just, he, he had the one the one fast break where he and Kyrie had the give and go, where Kyrie fed Williams and then Williams set it back to him for a layup. Like, he shows some some neat skills. But then there was another play when Kyrie was trying to come off a, a Williams screen and Williams had no clue what he was supposed to do, it looked like. 
that's at least how I saw the play. It looked like like Kyrie was he was definitely coming around the screen, and Williams was just kind of looking for the ball too, like trying to go get it. So there are still some things he needs to work on. He's a rookie, but he's he's promising, man. He's he does a lot of 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 neat things, and his energy was an obvious difference from the rest of the Celtics. Marcus Smart too was just that that block he had may have been the defensive play of the season. Just a, a oh, it was joke. it was insane. Joke I was block watching of, in a hotel lobby, and I jumped up from the couch, and people started staring at me, and I was like, "No, but look, Smart just destroyed that. That was it was uh, <laughs> he was intense all night. He had the kip up after falling down. He had uh, his three point shooting was fantastic, but I think my favorite moment was the air ball uh, that immediately like somehow the Celtics get the rebound and it gets back to Smart, and he dribbles five feet out. Uh, and takes another like contested three and drains it, and then like that's the Marcus Smart experience. But he was taking basically aggressive threes all night. He was the only real reason the Celtics got back into this game and or had a, a fighting chance. He finished with how many? Eighteen points. Eighteen points, four of eight from deep. But I mean, other like Rob Williams, Marcus Smart, and then I can't like. Are there any other highlights? Marcus Morris was three of five from deep. I mean, I guess the three-point shooting wasn't terrible, but Kyrie Irving had eleven points in like three seconds. The start, to start of the, the game. game. At the start of the game, the, the the team was very hot, but then it just like quickly fell apart. And once you fall down twenty-six, um, it's just impossible to come back. Like no matter no matter how well you're playing, just like they had went that run, but eventually those guys get tired. Then you bring in these guys from the bench. Uh, Terry Rozier had a like they opened up that fourth quarter. After they had cut it and like trimmed the lead, you thought they had that momentum, and basically the the Heat basically just went on a 12-4 run, and it's like oh, the game's over. And that was uh, a lot of bad Terry Rozier shots, Al Horford throwing the the terrible passes that you mentioned, and it was just I don't know. Is it? I guess I guess the question is like, what do you make of this game long term? Because the my response is always to a loss like this. It's like oh, it's one game. They're playing the Magic next. Uh, let's not worry about it. But like, how do you put up this list this bad of a game after playing your best basketball like of the season in the previous five? So sometimes it just happens. I think. Um, I mean, we, we you don't you don't want to give them excuses, but the the back to back from Boston to Miami is tough. Uh, I, That's poppycock, man. I flew nine hours the other day. I'm feeling fresh as a daisy. Actually, back to back. you texted. Although I didn't play you, any NBA basketball games, you texted me something like complaining about how you'd flown nine hours that day. So, well, yeah, but I didn't let it affect my performance. I was great on the podcast last night. I I disagree. You didn't listen, JK. You never listen. I did not listen. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you don't even know the the format. Now we like take structured breaks and like we plan out topics. It's all it's all kind of crazy. Like right now. We're going to take a break and come back and talk about the Miami Heat's bench. No, 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 we're not because... Dude, I just set that up going to the break perfectly. You just you, you ruined it. You botched it. You can't go to the break like... Eh, I guess it was a good time to go to the break. We'll go to the break. Well, I don't know how we're going to get to the break now. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back to he- <laughs> here to talk about the heat bench. Uh, was that good? How many- I think that was good. I think you're getting it, finally. Nah, I- well, look at this. Okay. Derek Jones Jr., 14 points. Tyler Johnson, who they're paying $15 million a year, uh... To be the base of their 11th man, hit three dagger threes tonight. And then Dwayne Wade, the probably my least favorite basketball player of all time, uh, 19, and just like dominated the Celtics. They had a run, they had all the momentum, and then just Wade comes in and knocks down a three. Like, I, the Celtics' strength is supposed to be their depth and their bench. And I guess, like, Miami has a pretty deep team. They don't have as much as elite talent as the Celtics do, but I, how do you lose, like, the give up the bench? How many points is that? Quick math. That's a lot. 44 points to those three guys, and then eight for Bam and eight for Deion Waiters. That's insane. They they gave up more than 55 points to the Heat bench. There's no way you can win a basketball game doing that. That's a lot of points. And you know what? Hayward, Rozier, and Brown have all played well recently. And I think Tice has had, especially during the four-game winning streak, like he's been pretty good. I thought he struggled with Hassan Whiteside's side. Like It's just been a brutal run of centers for Tice to go up against. The only thing he that really bothers him the most, or the thing that bothers him the most is size. Like He's just 6'9", 210 pounds, or whatever, whatever his actual size is. And so it's tough for him against guys that are big and strong and quick and powerful. And this run without Baines has been against like all the biggest, strongest, most powerful centers in the league. And Hassan Whiteside um, worked his way for a couple offensive rebounds. But Tice wasn't the problem. Those guys, like, as I said, Hayward, Rozier, Brown, they've been playing the, their best basketball of the season lately. This is just one dud. I don't want to read too much into it, but Dwayne Wade was definitely kicking some ass. And the rest of the Heat were just hitting big shots. The only one who seemed to miss at all was Deion Waiters. And even he had eight points. Yeah, he was three of 12. It isn't his like, first game back, and he's still kind of obese. But, I mean, the, the, the Heat shot 
46% from three. And I just like, I didn't necessarily think of them as a three point shooting team. Um, that combined with the Celtics offense is, uh, is good enough for a loss. I don't get what is, I don't get how Dwayne Wade works. The dude's 50 years old. Did he, do you think he was just saving this up? Cause it was the Celtics. Like, was he, was he, was he jacked up? Cause it was Miami, Miami vice night. Like I didn't, I just didn't, I didn't see this coming, but it felt all too familiar. As a fellow old man, I can say that there are nights when the the legs just work. Not nights when the body just feels good. It's it's not all the time. It's pretty rare. It gets rarer as you get older. And now I, I'm kind of putting myself in Dwayne Wade's shoes. He's a Hall of Famer. I'm an absolute bum. <laughs> but I'm but sure it, you're it, gonna it, call yourself a Hall of Famer there. It, it looked like one of those nights where his body just felt really good, like the the passing lane steal and finish at the other end. He was hitting three, and some of it was just you don't expect Dwayne Wade to shoot like that, and he was a marksman. And some of it was just he was spry, man. Dwayne Wade was spry. He was just going by dudes. It was a cool moment after the game when he and Terry Rozier swapped jerseys. Terry Rozier looked up to Dwayne Wade like that was his absolute idol growing up. And he's never never hidden that, like spoke to Dwayne Wade about it in the past. And so for them to to exchange jerseys and in this the the last year of, of Wade's career, that's pretty cool. Uh I don't I don't care for it. I don't like Dwayne Wade. I never have. My first podcast I ever had was called I Hate Dwayne Wade. Um I mean, I respect him because he's good. I mostly dislike him for because he's played well against the Celtics. Uh, but I don't like that he tried to hurt Rajon Rondo. I don't like that he uh, stole his first championship by getting a bunch of fake buckets. I don't like that he has a very attractive wife. And uh, I will never like Dwayne Wade. And frankly, tonight was a, like a dagger in my heart because uh, I don't like the man. It's not fun when he performs well. Uh-oh. Have you seen this Bleacher Report um, tweet? I have not. Uh, a video of Jalen Brown and Marcus Morris needing to get separated during a timeout. Ooh, that's some fun. Let me uh, let me take a browse. Yeah. Does it look serious? Go to Bleach Report. Uh, Marcus Morris shoved Jalen Brown, and then a teammate came in. Marcus Smart came in to to break things up. How is this not covered? Like during the game. Uh. I guess the IG story wasn't there. Yeah. I mean, it does feel like Jalen Brown has been the, whenever people are talking about like the young guys need to, uh, need to change or like the young guys need to understand the role. It feels like it's a, a lot of it's directed at, at Jalen Brown. We've seen earlier times in the season uh, when Jalen Brown's basically just got yelled at by the entire team. Um, so it's not the the most surprising. I, we don't know like at what point in the game this was, but I'm presuming it was at some point when the Celtics were getting their ass kicked. Um, you don't normally see this public. It looks like Jalen Brown may have said something uh, to Mook to get Mook so angry, but who knows? Let the let the speculation run wild. There's going to be posts about this for days. The Celtics season, I guarantee there's going to be tweets about how the Celtics season is doomed because they don't have the right chemistry. The I'm not so sure that it's that serious. Um, oh, I don't, I don't think so. But I think I, I guarantee people are going to overreact. But Jalen has definitely been like the, a guy who's taken a lot of 
of grief from his teammates. And I think Jalen has taken a lot from the fans too. But from what we've seen publicly at least, like Jalen, that one time when they were so mad at him at, at halftime because he failed to run a play the right way, that I was just like, why are you guys so, so mad? And this this little little kerfuffle, can we call it a kerfuffle? Oh, most definitely it's a kerfuffle. All right, let's call it a kerfuffle. Um, probably not a big deal. Like, I, I people get in arguments with teammates all the time. As long as it doesn't move into the next day, it's it's not a big deal. Uh, as long as you can move past it, move forward, play together, totally cool. Uh, but sometimes Marcus Morris is going to shove a dude. And well, let's see. I'm I, I'm rewatching the video. First of all, this is a hub though the Instagram user. Just terrible camera work. Just like completely misses the majority of the the conversation here. But I'm going to do my best analysis. It looks like Marcus Morris is talking to Jalen Brown, basically just yelling in his face uh, during the timeout. Marcus Morris is saying what they need to do better, and then Jalen he got a little too close for Jalen Brown's liking. I think Jalen Brown maybe extended the arm, saying back off. And then Marcus Morris gave him the shove. And funny enough, it looked like Marcus Morris maybe had taken a little trip there. But I don't know, it just felt like uh, Jalen Brown was frustrated and pushed, uh, pushed him away. No one looked too uh, crazy about it, but terrible camera work. Um, but I agree. Uh, there's going to be another team meeting about it. Everything will be solved. My favorite I thought part. the Celtics going to come back because they got uh, Mark D'Amico tweet out how they came out very quickly from halftime. <laughs> My- Mark, my favorite part of the video is Kyrie Irving just kind of like being totally totally calm, like looking on, like oh okay, like that just happened, all right, and then just kind of gauges the situation. Didn't really react much. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I doubt it's a big deal, but it happened. Two it guys, happened. two guys got mad at each other. And we've seen um, two guys get mad at each other before. Probably the maddest two guys have gotten at each other were Kevin Durant and Draymond Green this season. And with them, like that was personal. That was something deeply personal. This is probably just a basketball thing. And so, so we hope. Uh, before we uh, take another break, I you notice how I, I've had to step in and be the quarterback now that you've taken so many uh, podcasts off. Uh, but before we take another break. Uh, give me your quick uh, R.J. Hunter thoughts before we get to the people's tweets in the junk drawer. R.J. Hunter is back. R.J. Hunter was a former Celtics first-round pick. R.J. Hunter only. is a very good guy to speak to. He has made a lot of three-pointers in the G League this season. The fact that the Celtics wanted to bring him back speaks highly of the fact that they like his character. They like... The improvements he's made since they waived him to keep James Young on the roster a few years ago. And it's another reminder that the Lemon Party has ended. Uh, R.I.P. to the Lemon Party. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're going to see any impact from R.J. Hunter uh, on the Celtics here. I mean, P.J. Dozier's the other two-way guy, and he only gets garbage time. Um I'm just happy for my main man, Nick Friedman, down there with the Red Claws because their offense uh, has not been good this year. And so they need all the help they can get. And uh, R.J. Hunter can put up 40 uh, in the G League. So maybe maybe it will help out the main Red Claws. But um, it's just nice to see him back there. Remember when 
people thought that like he was the him and James Young were the savior for this franchise. They were going to be the new up and comers. Yes, yes, I do. That was time. Time flies. Those are the days. But RJ uh, and oh, I spoke to him at summer league, and at the time he was like, "Yeah, I'm not ready to try overseas. I still think uh, I'm an NBA reporter." Or an NBA player, rather. <laughs> and he wants to give it a shot. And now, you know, two-way contract with the Celtics. Back where it all began. We'll see if he makes any impact on the big team. He's going to start off with the Red Claws, it sounds like. And there's not a lot of opportunity on the Celtics perimeter right now. But injuries could happen. Things could happen. RJ Hunter, it's, it's cool that he's back. And now right. we'll go to break as the quarterback, Jay King, retakes control, regains control of this squadron. I'm I'm a quarterback in the sense that like, like. Well, assuming that you're the quarterback, I'm assuming you have all the the reigning Jays t- tweets ready to read. That is totally totally right. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm excited for when we come back after the break. And we're back. With some <laughs> raining Jays, hashtag raining Jays. We're here to answer your questions, your your critiques, your comments. Use the hashtag raining Jays, hashtag raining junk for l- more silly stuff. That's that's Jam's favorite thing. All right, we've got Mike Dynan. Wants to know Celtics were on a back to back Miami, but how much did it matter? They hadn't had a back-to-back since December 14th, 15th. We kind of answered this a little earlier. Jam was not sold on the impact of the back-to-back, except for how it pertained to Al Horford, who didn't seem like he had his fastball tonight. He's been dealing with some knee issues on a minutes restriction and was one for eight with two points. A lot of wide-open missed threes. That could have been the difference. Or not the difference. That could have been the difference. No, but it, it could have <laughs> could it could have helped the Celtics stay close or start to come back. Uh, it's hard. It's it's impossible to know exactly how much the back to back impacts. So that's my answer. Yeah, we have no idea about the counterfactual. So I'm not gonna not gonna try to argue any causation here. It definitely it cor- uh, the Celtics' shitty performance definitely correlated with the back to back. But uh, I have no idea about causation. At Big Boston B wants to know why does Kyle Kuzma have a forty-point game, but Tatum doesn't even have a thirty-point game? Is there something Cause, there? Because Kyle Kuzma right now is surrounded by trash and garbage, and Tatum has been surrounded by Kyrie Irving and uh, numerous other quite talented players. Yeah, I'm pretty sure in that game it was just Kyle Kuzma chucking. Uh, it's like. That's completely understandable when it's like Lance Stevenson and Michael Beasley are around you and Josh Hart. Like, and Josh Hart's not a bad player. Actually, I got to see him play when he's some in Villanova. But it's just like when you're the only option, you're much more likely to score 40 points. I don't think it's because Kyle Kuzma is better than Jason Tatum. Yeah. Tatum has quietly struggled, though. Tatum, like, he hasn't. His shooting numbers are down. Uh, He's like the one guy who hasn't been hot before tonight, of course, but over the last like month and a half, he's the one guy who hasn't gotten hot. No, he hasn't been the same uh, Jason Tatum of yesteryear, but 
I don't know. I think it, it starts with his, his shot selection. I mean, clearly he went back to his uh, bad habits uh, tonight. But I thought he had some better moments down, in, at least in the fourth quarter, was trying to use his size in the paint. But you're right. And he uh, will forever roast the Pacers. It's Maybe it's just me thinking things. I didn't actually look at the stats. I always feel like he roasts the Pacers. Always. It's kind of like uh, Hayward and the Timberwolves. Ooh. Ooh. Or well, we thought Hayward and the Heat. Hayward had some like crazy numbers going into the playing against the Heat, but uh, no dice tonight. Good point. So, so some people wanted to blame me for the Celtics loss tonight because I wrote uh, an article that was then tweeted out by someone else with the caption, are the Celtics becoming something special or something like that? And so some people want to blame me. What do you mean someone added that? That's the literally the highlight. The, the headline the, of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but James Beard wants to make sure that everyone knows that it was his fault. He said, shit, sorry. It's me today, guys. I wasn't able to watch most of the third, and they played great. I'll catch up on the pod later. So I, rep- I, I respect that accountability. That's, that's on James Beard. Don't blame me. Blame James Beard. It's his fault. People were also trying to blame me because the Celtics had one of their best games of the season when I was on a plane, and people were telling me to drive to the airport now uh, to try to get the Celtics to play better. But, yeah, it's clearly not my fault either. It's uh, it's uh, James Beard, Beard Jam. Jovian Shadow wanted to know why the Tom Lord didn't get back in the game sooner. He did. He did play, like, legit minutes when the Celtics had a last gasp chance to come back. So, Time Lord Robert Williams earned a second stint in the second half. He was very good. As I mean, as yeah, he, as small he hands, a lot of minutes in the second quarter, the third quarter when they're basically making their comeback. He yeah, you got to give him some rest and you know try Al Horford out there. I don't. I wasn't like too concerned about Time Lord's minutes. I thought he played. Yeah, he's Al Horford. He's Al Horford. Like you don't just give away Al Horford's minutes because some rookie plays well that's that's not how this goes uh at no the other pat wants to know wants you to know though it was a taco worthy taco worthy quarter from the time lord for sure i don't disagree i don't disagree Um, he's making a strong push for the taco truck i'm we'll have to find out you guys will have to tune in on monday find out we got questions about anthony davis Zion oh, Williamson. No, no, Anthony Davis, and no, I. I we'll can't save those. We'll nonsense. save. We'll save those for later. Uh, Marcus Smart from Reese Hughes. My favorite thing about Marcus Smart is that he does things that he has no business doing. He shouldn't be physically able to get that block. Yeah, yeah. Travis Lewis. He's insane. This is true. The kip up though, kip up. Only kip up guy in the NBA. Travis Lewis. Big Rob evolving on D. He's reading the game much better, filling the gaps, and has stopped the scoring inside. Very impressed all the way from Australia. He was not so impressed with Tatum running out to the three-point wing on a fast break rather than attacking the cup. That's from Trav Lewis as well. That's modern basketball, my friend. That's that's how they're trained to do, get to the corner and not get to the rim. Yes, yes. They did mess up a number of uh, fast break opportunities tonight. There was like a, a stretch there where it was really bad, and then they had another five on four. I think Kyrie ended up missing a three, but they were not uh, not sharp, I would say, uh, on the break. They missed like 19 layups in its one-two possession span. It was like yeah. Jalen missed 
several in a row on the same play, and then Tice missed a couple, and there was just there were a lot of missed layups at one in one stretch during the first and second quarter when they were just trash. They were trash. They were trash. Joe Rosansky. Joe Rosansky agrees. He's, he tweeted this game reminds him of the Pistons game in December. Celtics close out a back-to-back on the road trying to jack up a bunch of mid-range and threes but don't have the legs for it. Respect. Respect to Joe Rosnansky. Oh, James Ready? Beard. James Beard, t- he took the heat for the loss but also predicted the Time Lord matchup against Whiteside. Can we just get to the part where Time Lord squares up against Whiteside? This is the, the glory of reading through these tweets backwards chronologically. <laughs> You get to parts that, that that was a that was suspense that was a mystery tweet right there. Well yeah, done, James that, Beard. <laughs> that threw threw me for a loop. He also had a great 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 tweet comparing Smart and Winslow to two buffaloes just clashing each other in the head. Respect. James Beard had quite a night. On the rain high, James vol- high volume, but high efficiency as well. Yeah, that was, this it was quite a night for for Mister Beard. And that's Are it for the rain and Jays. Now it's it's onto the junk. Here you go, Jam. I, I was I, I, you got to admit I was a little more ready than you thought for that. You were. I was shocked that you had any any of the tweets. I was. I'm hoping you just have a tweet deck thing up and you just had a rain and Jays. But you you the adjustment period. If you weren't ready after I call you out, was well done. That's why. Uh, it's your sometimes quarterback. See, quarterback of the year. Just, just call me Pat Mahomes. There you go. This is from at Caleb. Did John lose this game for the Celtics? Raining junk. Well, let's dive into the tweets here. Brad kind of, Brad kind of suggested that uh, jinxing the game yeah. for the Celtics. John's first road game, and they uh, settled for a bunch of jump shots. So, um. You could blame all of the Rain and Jays, or you could blame uh, James Beard. It's uh, it's up to you. Um, this is from Cindy at Mrs. Celtics. I bet if R.J. Hunter was in the game, we would have won. He's the missing piece to BWA with the two Marcuses starting. Guaranteed banner 18 if we get James Young back, too. There you go. People have this nostalgia for players who weren't very good. This is There is a lot of nostalgia out there. I'm a big, big nostalgia guy. Uh, this is from A. Aaron Baines. Uh, Jam, my man. They were one short of the over two. Vegas knows too much. Raining junk. Yeah, man. I, I, after reading your column, um, I'm gonna blame you. I was, I'm in Nevada. There's a, there's a sports book near my house. I saw the Celtics were favored by only two and a half points. The over under was 210 or 211. I thought, man, this is a steal. I might, uh. I might put a little wager down. And I even convinced some of my friends. So I was like, this this is the game to bet on. And man, was I wrong. So I made all you guys broke? Um, I wouldn't say broke. We're not really big spenders. But you, uh, you inspired me to inspire them to be broke. I have never been like, happier in my life. I have never been happier in my life that I took money out of your pockets, out of your friends' pockets. Because... If you had asked me straight up, if you had texted me, should I bet on the Celtics tonight? I would have said, hell no. It's the second out of a back-to-back in Miami. In Miami. What's it in the, Miami got to do with it? The land of you Justice got- Winslow. No, but, my, <laughs> but that's, that's, that's a tough back-to-back. 
who knows if they had did some extracurricular activities in South Beach last night. I'm not saying they did. I'm just saying it. That's that's something that's there in South Beach. Um, but yeah, I I would have uh, just come straight to the source next time, huh? <laughs> All right, I won't read your articles but, anymore. But I'm glad you're broke now. I'm definitely broke. <laughs> Uh, at Robert Denton, when the dancing bear is in with the golden hair, you know it's over. Yeah, yeah, Brad did kind of give up there. This is from Matt Decker. Uh, Boston versus Miami is more like a snuff film than erotic city. I'd have to agree that was uh, not great. They have a number of things about the Smarts kip up. I would say the, uh, the Heat put together a pretty erotic game, though. Erotic like, game in some pretty erotic uniforms. Justice Winslow had a couple floaters. The dunk on Kyrie was filthy. The win- or Whiteside had one dunk that I believe I remember that was very loud. James Johnson almost murdered Kyrie Irving. Yeah, but Ky- Kyrie's floater was outrageous. We got to we got to just note that. Oh, that was in the junk drawer. He basically took a one-handed floater from eighteen feet. Yeah, that was silly. That really was silly. Um, all right, I'm going to just get to the junk drawer. I've been going a little long, but I'll, I'll go through it quick. Uh, Marv Albert doesn't know his ass from his elbows. Uh, Miami Heat in the black jerseys kind of looked evil. And Eric Spolstra, I thought was the part, like, didn't even need to change. He just kind of looks evil. Uh, I hate Dwayne Wade. Um, I was very amused by you arguing earlier on Twitter with a guy with two followers. <laughs> he was cracking me up, man. He, he was giving me, giving me real joy. Well, he, he came at you because you, you asked people to read your article, but then it was a it was behind a paywall? Yeah, so he, he was mad that I wanted people to read my article, but it was behind a paywall, and he doesn't have the athletic subscription. So he was basically mad that I made him want to read my article, but he couldn't. And and then he he came with some, some serious philosophies about the paywall that uh, – don't don't sound correct in a lot of ways. Um, I was just very amused to be like, who is this guy Jay's arguing with? And click on it and see that he actually had two followers. Yeah. But I, that, not even robots wanted to follow this guy. But you, he, he popped up in your mentions and you, need to, you needed to uh, correct him. I had to. I, I, he was fun. We went back and forth at each other for a little while. He, uh, he hit me with some zingers. I hit him back with some zingers. We had, a, I think we had a good time. I think both he and I enjoyed that conversation. But did he end up subscribing to The Athletic? No. No, he did not end up subscribing <laughs> to The Athletic. Chance. But I did convince someone else to subscribe to The Athletic during the conversation. Ooh. Yeah. There you go. Uh, we're going to pour one out right now for uh, old friend Kelly Olenek. Only getting five minutes tonight. We're not really, not really doing anything. Not, a, but he not played, a good look. He played long enough for you to get out a positional defense tweet. That's true. Uh, you got to respect Kelly Olenek's positional defense. But the entire time the Celtics were going to just like they wouldn't attack Kelly Olenek at the rim. It was uh, they didn't do anything good. Uh, he, he was kind of in there when the Celtics were playing some of their most gross basketball. I would say he was a, a zero in plus minus. Huge night from Kelly. But good man and great sideline interview from Chris Forsberg after the game. So there you go, Forsberg um, and Kelly right. Olynyk, baby. 
to wrap this up. Daniel Tice doesn't know how to rebound the basketball, just likes to tip it. There's he like did 85. tip a lot. He did tip a lot. <laughs> I love the tip. And it was the defensive tip, which is rare. He, he tips out a lot of offensive rebounds, which is cool. It's kind of like the Tyson Chandler thing. But when you're tipping out defensive rebounds, that that's pretty rare, I feel like. He, he's a, but he's a known tipper. This is not something new for him. Um, there's 85 air balls tonight. Uh, the Smurf kip up was cool. I feel dumb for having belief in the Celtics when they came back on that 21-3 run. Um, I'm pretty sure Tatum concussed Tyler Johnson at the end of the game. Uh, I hate Dwayne Wade and Yabu had a bank three. Uh, the Yabu did hit a bank three. This and is that's true. it. That's, that's my junk for the day. Emptied junk drawer, emptied junk drawer, emptied King King jam podcast <laughs> completed. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you have been smooth in and out of transitions today. I'm I'm the Kirk Cousins of quarterbacking. I would say that's a great description. Yeah, you, some, you like that? You like that? I I do like that. I do like that. We we miss Corrales. He's he's there in Miami, jinxing the Celtics, getting getting called out by Brad Stevens in the post game interview, and not here guiding us to glory on the podcast. Anyway, that's it for this post-game edition of the Locked On Celtics Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Damn, that was smooth. So, so, so every once in a while, Kirk Cousins brings it, baby. Yeah, Jay King and John Corrales Locked On Celtics Millie. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.